0: All right, here we go. Three, two, one, boom. What's up, everybody? It's your coach. Welcome to the most positive podcast on the internet right now, The Coach HP Show. And today we have on the show, Laura, I think if there's anybody that's born to do what you do, it's you, right? I'm just here trying to figure out so that I could share with as many parents, as many kids as I can, how did you figure out how special you are at all these tremendous things you somehow have been able to put together. Okay. So my first question to you is by far, I think you have two biggest assets. Number one, you have a tremendous voice. Your mastery of the English language is very good. And it comes across very natural, like supernatural, right? That's number one. And then number two, you have such good vibes that you celebrate other people's victories and wins incredibly incredibly well right so let's go to the first one then we'll go to the second one all right that voice have you always known you had a tremendous voice
1: uh it's funny that you say that because i've i one of the things i had to work the hardest on uh to have this job was my voice really? uh one you know i, I auditioned for ufc commentary many, many years ago. And that was probably one of the bigger criticisms I got was just that I did not have a voice suited for commentary. So that was, you know, that was a tough criticism to hear because it's sort of like, well, gosh, how do I, how do I fix that? You know, it's just part of who I am, but there are of course ways to better, you know, better your vocal technique or whatever, but, um, I appreciate you saying it. I, it. It 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 is something I've worked really hard on. The vocabulary I have to give credit to my parents for that one. <laughs> They were, you know, I was not raised in a family of athletes. I was raised in a family of uh, academic type. So the the if I appreciate you saying mastery of of English language, if that is true to any degree, it's definitely a, a credit to my parents. I it was funny. We were talking to my my husband and I were talking to my son the other day. So, and I do this too when I'm talking more casually, but the use of the word like, you know, when I was a kid growing up, that was huge. And he was like, and I was like, and we were like, and then he went and he was like, it drove my dad in particular crazy. I was not allowed to say like unless I was describing an affinity for something. So, again, have to give them some credit.
0: (laughs) Dude, I can't tell, like, it it comes across so natural now that it almost sounds like you've spoken like this your whole life. How hard was it? to adjust? Because when I was, when I used to try to act way back when I hired a, a coach, a language coach that helps you with the tongue and the enunciations mm-hmm. and all that stuff. What were, what was their criticism to you? Like, what did you have to work on the most?
1: Um, the biggest criticism? Well, there were a few, some of the, some of it just had to do with me finding my authentic voice in more of a metaphorical sense, you know, being, being confident enough in the things that I had to say to just say them without overthinking them and just allow myself to just be and speak and be confident in however that came out and not try to perfect it too much, I guess. Um, in terms of the the tone and the technique, one of the biggest things I had to do is just learn how to slow down and be a little yeah. bit more <laughs> deliberate in right. the way that I say things because I get, I'm such a fan of this sport and especially in commentary where the action is moving so fast Sometimes my brain gets moving a little bit quicker, you know, than my tongue. And when I watch it back, I'm like, man, I I sound I sound like I'm on meth. You know, <laughs> I just I need to I just need to chill out a little bit. So learning to be learning to be confident and learning to slow down and really, it's okay to have deliberate pauses in the way that in the way that you speak. And in fact, it can make your words more impactful. So there's definitely some technique that I that I've picked up along the way. I go back and I watch this stuff of my early television days, because I didn't, you know, I came up as a fighter. I was not trained to do any of the things I do. I had to learn and learn through trial and error. And so when I go back and watch some of those early things, it's just like, oh my God, it's, it's, it's hard to watch.
0: (laughs) It's hard to watch. As you look at yourself, what do you see? Obviously you're new, but what do you see? Do you see nervousness? Do you see rushing from the old you? What do you, what do you see?
1: Yeah, I just see, I just see a lack of confidence. I see a lack of um, knowing that I I belong uh, wherever, whatever situation I was in. And thankfully, by the time I was put in these more prominent situations, I did have that confidence. It's early on when I was, you know, working for the UFC as a backstage ret- reporter and I had no training as a reporter that, yeah, I, w- I would get very nervous every time the, the camera came on. So it it was just something that I had to do via like I said, reps, you know, that's that's a big part of any job, any sport, any way of looking at life. Any Anytime you need to teach yourself something, whether it's a physical action, a a mental strategy, whatever it is, you have to put in the reps. You can't expect yourself to come out the gate and just be able to to grab a hold of something and do it perfectly. And I think that's one thing that has been a common denominator in any success I've had in life. It's the things where I was willing and able to put in rep after rep after rep, even when I got boring and, you know, monotonous and tiring, uh, to just know that the work would eventually pay off. That's such an important part of the whole equation.
0: You're absolutely right. It is. And, and I think as, as I look at your, your career, I think that's one of the biggest assets you have. Like you've been really I work with a ton of athletes and the transition from athlete to whatever is extremely mm-hmm. difficult. Like extremely difficult to find that same kind of success, happiness or climb some kind of ladder yeah. to a certain point, right? You've been able to do that very well. You credit that to who? To yourself, to your mindset, Jesus Christ. Who who helped yeah. you with that?
1: It's so many things. I mean, literally everything that you just rattled off. I would I would attribute some of my success to, you know, I think in recent years it was probably, you know, the I would say the last four years were critical for me in terms of just pushing, continuing to go when I really didn't think any of this was going to happen. There was a time where I was like, this is just not going to happen. This is just not for me. And maybe I need to accept that. You know, you kind of get to those moments. And it's it's tricky because it's like some people say, well, never give up on your dream. Well, at some point, (laughs) it's fun to say, it's fun to say, but like, that's just the reality is that some people have to give up on their dream. Like not everybody gets to have their moment, and that's just the reality of life. So you have those, those hard conversations with yourself, but what allowed me to continue to push in those moments, I think were a number of people in my life who cared about what I had to say, even when a lot of other people didn't. And it's just, it's amazing what, it's amazing what a small act of like, hey, you're really good at what you do. Like I really, you've got some smart things to say or what whatever the case is for the situation. It's amazing how much a word of support from someone in a certain position can mean to somebody who's out there trying to get things done and trying to to take those steps. So that's a huge part of it. I think a lot of it was just, I was born trying to prove myself. And I don't know where that comes from, but that has been a key part of my psychology, my my makeup since I was like a baby. I, I had an older brother and he had this group of friends and I was from day one trying to keep up with them. And if they were biking five miles, my little legs were trying to bike five miles with them. You know, if they were what whatever it was, I was always trying to keep up and prove that I could be one of the guys. I just didn't realize at the time that that was going to translate into adult life and into my professional life. But even outside of MMA, my other profession was all male-dominated. I was in the finance finance industry um, working with startup companies. And 99% of the people that I was interacting with in those situations were, you know, men. A lot of them are, you know, very rich and successful men. And so right. it, it's been without knowing it you know my childhood prepared me for these very these situations i think some women some people but particularly women might find really intimidating
0: absolutely one of the one another reason why i wanted to to really talk to you is you have the benefit of being a boy mom yeah i really encourage because i work with a ton of kids and their parents and the boys in this day and age are losing a mm-hmm. lot. Okay. For a lot of reasons, but the mom is a big factor. Talk to me about your mindset as a mom. How much of you, the fighter, you, the commentator, you, the person with the endurance that you have, do you put into being a mom?
1: Oh, it's, it's, I mean, my being a mom is my most important job. You know, my, maybe being on TV is a lot cooler, but being, being a mom is, by far my most important job and anybody who's a parent gets what I mean when I say that like it's such a it's such a trip because you never know if you're doing it right you there's really no finish line you know right it's like that's what's tough for me is I I like having objective measurements I like having specific goals and in parenting it's just sort of like hey here's a human being try to make them the best you can but also recognize that they are a completely independent person with autonomous agency <laughs> like figure that out you know it's it's a lot but I think you know it's a, it's always been important for me to instill into my son like I try very hard to praise him for effort and not always for results because that's where most of the success is is made or defeat is found is in the journey to whatever it is you're trying to do. And so whether it's like the other day, he um he's in fourth grade and they ran a mile and they do it every year to, you know, just like as a physical fitness test for the kids. A mile at that age is like, that's pretty far, especially when he doesn't, he doesn't play a ton of sports. He hasn't shown a huge interest. Um
0: Is that, hold on. Is that because you don't push him or do you just grab his vibe? And that's
1: a whole, that's a whole thing. So he, he's had, um, he's had a lot of anxiety. Like I, that's, it's not something I've ever expected to have to deal with as a parent. Um, cause it's not something I experienced as a kid. I've had performance anxiety my whole life, but he has a different version of, of anxiety and the way that it shows itself. And it's really tough for me because like, and tough for my husband, because I'm kind of the person who's like, we'll get out there and do it anyway just figure it out but then we you know we've talked to some professionals and they're like that's not always the best thing because then you know
0: no because the problem is you got to understand that and this is I deal with this a lot especially with parents that are winners
1: you guys are winners
0: so it's very sometimes and especially now it's very hard for winners to get people that aren't flying at their level yeah you know and to have empathy yeah
1: you know what I'm saying and and especially you because
0: you're like (laughs) You're like a gangster, you know, has he, so has he tried any sports? Have you, what's up with that? Anything?
1: Um, I put him in soccer when he was little, little, like three and okay. it did not, it was, it was kind of a, it was kind any, of an Any other disaster. things? Any other things? Uh, he does archery now. Yeah. Oh, nice. I think he, I think he gravitates toward kind of like I did. I didn't, I didn't play a lot of, um, team sports. I, I think he gravitates toward individuals, sports or nice. activities where it's kind of all up to him or all, you know, on him you know, depending on success or failure is like going to be completely in line with how much effort he puts in. So again, we try really hard to focus on, you know, are you giving your best? And if so, then we're really proud of whatever the result is. But if we see you slacking, then that's, that's a bunch of BS.
0: Do you catch him a lot complaining?
1: (laughs) No, it's not. He doesn't complain. He he's, he's an interesting kid. Like he when he puts his mind to something like running this mile, then he becomes kind of obsessive about it and he'll, he'll train or he'll do the things that are, are necessary to be prepared for something like that. Um, his, his anxieties really don't have anything to do. He just, he's not a complainer at all.
0: Nice. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Once,
1: once he, once he decides that like, whatever it is, is for him, then he's all in.
0: How often does he do this? Does he practice the both
1: uh, just once a week. We just started. Just once oh, a week. Oh, nice. Right
0: yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm going to go to, I think he's in Pennsylvania. Cameron Haynes says he's the number one. I love Gohan. Cameron Haynes. So Say Cameron's hi to him, is the, him for me. I, I, w- I haven't met him yet, only through DMs, but I'm yeah. going to go see a guy by the name of, I think it's Levi Morgan or something, who's the number one. Cameron Haynes says he's the number one guy.
1: Oh, gotcha. Oh, nice.
0: So, but I'm going to kind of, if your son stays into it, I'm going to connect you guys. But yeah. his son plays baseball. So I'm going to go. Work with him because I'm, f- I'm from the baseball world. I yes, the I know. World. Yeah. So if he stays on it, you let me know. We'll stay in contact. We're going okay. we're gonna, to we're gonna get that going. It's I love everything you say because when someone's as successful as you are and you're just only starting your success, it's hard to be relatable to people that aren't on your level, especially family, you know, because it's mm-hmm. like, dude, come on, man. Like, look what I've done, whatever. But I love your patience and I love that your husband and you are looking at it a certain way your character is that more your mom or more your dad
1: Mm, great question i would probably say my dad i'm a lot like my dad um i certainly have aspects of me that are a lot like my mom but my dad was a very my dad understood people he was a really successful businessman uh in kansas city but for him it was never really about like numbers of course the numbers were important but he was so good at just getting people to un- getting people on his side and not in a manipulative way like he was such an understanding empathetic person that anytime there was like negotiating involved he was very much you know he was a guy who you just you couldn't help but like he was well respected and probably a lot of the public speaking still skills come from him as well but yeah i'd say I'm probably a little, a little bit more like my dad. dude
0: i love that is he still around
1: he is, yeah. What's his name? Is. His name is Bob Marcus. So my, so, my maiden name is Marcus. So,
0: so let's say Bob, right? What, yeah. when, as you're rising to the top and you're like, ah, I'm not going to do this, I can't, whatever. Yeah. What would Bob tell you?
1: Well, so, okay. So this is the interesting thing about my my parents. They they are very encouraging and supportive of me, but like, they they don't understand MMA at all. They don't get it. They don't hate it, but they also don't like it. <laughs>
0: They don't like it because of the violence.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was raised in a very conservative religious household. And so again, they're not, you know, it's not like they ever forbid me from doing it, but it's just really not their thing at all. So it's been, it's been, you know, but I was an adult when I started training. So it was sort of beyond their purview anyway, but it's not really been something that we've been able to share a lot as an adult, but I think probably just within the last, month my mom kind of like finally googled me and she goes oh my gosh i had no idea i was like i have been trying to tell you this, trying for to a while this whole
0: time and, and does bob appreciate like forget what's happening but does he appreciate your technique of how well you connect with people do you talk about that with him
1: you know again i really it's it's such an interesting thing and it's something i i plan to do different with my son to be honest with you my dad and i My dad and I connect, but he's a very quiet guy and he's not a very like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I know that he is very proud of me. I know that in my heart, but we don't often sit down and like chop it up because he doesn't ever really see anything I do.
0: Well, okay. So here's the homework. Ready? Thanks. This Thanksgiving's coming up, right? You're going to spend it with Bob. Absolutely. Right. (laughs) You're going to have a talk with him. Say, Dad, I did this podcast with this like crazy Cuban guy one time, right? <laughs> and he says that I am one of the most people persons he's ever met. And on the show, Dad, I gave you that credit. You're gonna tell him this, yeah. And then you're gonna tell him why do you think, Dad? What made you so good? Yeah. About being good with people, because I am obsessed. My dad was the reverse, by the way. My dad uh, made people shorter and fatter. He made people, uh, if you're a dude, he made you with less hair. Like he was the yeah. worst at that. So I am obsessed with people like Bob, like you, that just are people, persons that make everybody smile, make him feel better, whatever. So what I want you to do is you're going to ask okay. them. way It's not awkward. Let's wait till Thanksgiving. my, yeah. the chiefs as the center, the center yeah. of the world now <laughs> is the chiefs, Laura. So everybody's going to be happy. Right? So you're going to say, Hey, I want to ask you a question. What do you think made you so good and let's see what he says and then he goes listen because when i interview people i don't know if you know this but when i interview people i bring your energy dad
1: yeah you
0: know that and let's see what he says it's a little awkward but dude who how does he now
1: oh gosh he would be 77 77
0: right it's a good age so maybe now, and maybe if you just kind of like pick his brain a little bit he opens up a little bit you know because Who knows? And it sounds like you really like him a lot. I do. You respect him. Listen, I haven't spoken, I owe all my success to my dad. He prepared me for everything, Laura, except to deal with him. So he Mm. used to beat the shit out of me growing up, like really, really, really bad. I haven't spoken to a dude in five years, right? Mm. But I appreciate, and it's all his fault because I forgave him for that. I, I don't have issues with that. But I appreciate people like you. They're like, you know what, man, Mike? They have some respect for your dad. But I'm like, look, he's 77. We got nothing to lose. Let's just push him just to see what he says. Because maybe yeah. you and maybe you give me some knowledge that I could come back and go, listen, let me tell you about Bob here. There's a guy named yeah. Bob in Kansas City, and this is why he crushed it. So that's homework for you. Good. All
1: right, all right. I'll do I'll do my homework for sure. I'll do my I, homework.
0: I love that do you think as a fighter now, right? Cause I've heard you talk about you being a fighter. You heard you talk about that. You miss being a fighter. Yeah. I don't miss being a baseball player at mm-hmm. all. Right. But it's opened every door in my life. You could have been a better fighter if you had what is it more time, more structure, more yeah. mensibility. What do you think?
1: Um, and do you think about that little... often? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, um, really a little more of about everything, because when I was in MMA, it was. I I could have been better if I was a little bit bigger because the UFC doesn't have my weight class. I fought at 105. So that's a huge part of my non journey (laughs) as a fighter is I just there was never a destination for me and there still isn't. So like there was never a reason for me to go even more all in once I had my son, because there was no, you know, if you build it, they will come. Well, they never built it. So
0: I'm just, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm going to be a mom. <laughs> um, that, that's a huge, that's probably the biggest factor. But then also, I mean, it's a different game when I was, when I was training, you know, like we, coaching is just on another level. Now we, we, we didn't know what we didn't know back then. And, you know, like I was never taught to switch stances ever. I, and we didn't really, we didn't really have a system for the way that we did our Gi Jiu Jitsu. Like we didn't have, we never wall wrestled when I was coming up, like all these things are really, really integral to the game. Now it was about working out hard and like just going hard and sparring hard and then calling have it heart and have heart. Yeah, like, go yeah for it. exactly. Exactly. So I, I was actually a much, I I'm a much more skilled fighter now than I was when I was actually fighting because I still train, a little bit, you know, enough to sort of keep, you know, my skills somewhat relevant. So I would look a lot better now, but I'd be way too slow and old to actually compete with, with these people.
0: So, dude, so how do you know so much? Like, I've seen you there call like an, I don't know what it's called, like an omoplata And then you go, oh, yeah. he's doing this. And it looks like he's doing a kangaroo switch reverse. Oh
1: my God. Yeah.
0: How do you know all that? Like, well, is this, I mean, it's just the business of it that you understand it because you did it. No, or? I
1: mean, I've been training. I'm i I'm a Brown belt, but I probably should be a little bit more than that. I just, I never, I'm not in the gi enough. I I've been doing jujitsu since 2006. So that, that's just like, that's, you know, coming up on 20 years of, wow. of doing it. So, and I still, like, I still, like I said, I still train, I don't do pro MMA practice. I haven't done that in like maybe a year or so, but I, I still train jujitsu. I still hit pads. So I, at this point in my life, it's really like, I've learned how to, I've I've studied how to study is a big part of what I worked on um, coming into the commentary position because, you know, you can know a lot and it's really hard to articulate it sometimes. Um,
0: And you're the best at that, by the way. So I need, I need the secret of, cause I watched you, I've watched you watch the screen of what's happening and you're literally like, And there he goes, he goes into a left turn and then he goes into a right turn and then he flipped over. Oh, and that's a little plotter. So to get out of that, you have to do the right turn. Like literally it's like, but it's so natural. Like I'm like, this girl's a genius. It's like literally like boom, (laughs) boom, boom. Right. How do we study how to study? Explain that whole theory to me.
1: Well, I mean, the way I've always tried to get better at stuff is I just go to who's really good at it and I ask them. (laughs) So,
0: so who's really good at who'd you,
1: um, there, there are a few people I, I didn't, I never asked Luke Thomas, like, specifically what he does, but I watched a lot of his stuff really, really early on. And Dan Hardy was another huge influence. Like, I loved how he, the way that he looked at a fight and the detail to which he would break things down. So that was a big, that was a big part of, like, you know, I want to, I want. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile,
0: we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot.
1: Look at things the way that he looks at things, or I want to look at things the way Luke Thomas looks at things. There's a guy named uh, Coach Barry Robinson who I think is one of the most incredible minds when it comes to striking, in particular. Which jujitsu is kind of my main skill set, so I wanted to make sure that you know this. My knowledge of striking was on par with it, so I study a lot of the things that he puts out, and it just. You gotta you gotta read, you gotta, you gotta educate yourself. And then once you I guess once you can pick up on the language of how to describe something, that's a really important part is having having the language, and that's one thing that Coach Robinson talks about all the time, is like you have to have the language to articulate what you are trying the information you're trying to deliver. If you don't have the words that make sense to someone, then you can't your your idea is gonna be lost. So being able to convey things in a way like one of the things he talks a lot about is you know controlling the air between opponents which is a phrase you'll hear me use a lot and it was just one of those things that, like when he said it like that I was like oh that's that makes perfect sense like there's this pocket of air between two combatants and you have to control that air and how do you control that air and then you I think Honestly, what I think it comes down to, I have always been, and I mean, always been an incredibly curious person. I drove my parents crazy asking questions. Why? How? What is this? What, you know, how does this, how does this work? I mean, I want to, and I'm still to this day, like if I don't know something, it drives me crazy. I will Google it and Google it and Google it until I at least get a somewhat satisfactory answer. And so when someone says something like, you got to control the air, my brain goes, okay, well, how? Why? And until I have a satisfactory way to wrap my mind around the answers to those questions, I'll just keep going. And a big practice that I try to use when understanding, like, if I look at a fight, like say, Sean Strickland versus Izzy, you know, a question you might ask would be, well, can Sean Strickland beat Israel Adesanya? Can he? Yes, of course, this is MMA. Okay. Well, how, how would that happen? And then you ask yourself why five times. Okay. If he can, if he can crowd Izzy's comfortable range, well, how would he do that? Why would he do that? You just have to keep asking questions and do the work to find an answer that makes sense to you.
0: Dude, we just I feel figured- like I rambled there. No, 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 no. You <laughs> kidding me. You just, you just did a Ted talk there that helped. <laughs> <laughs> so five times the why look at you. Yeah. That's, that's going to be your book. Five times yeah. the Y. That is awesome. I, yeah. I'm i obsessed with, with Jiu-Jitsu. I've never done it before, but I do it in my brain all the time. Yeah. I have so many good friends that I happen to be Latin dudes that are strike guys, that are striking coaches, that are really good. I am dying to start and get into it, but I'm slanging positivity 24-7, Laura. But if I yeah. wasn't, I just, I just love the whole UFC. You need to
1: do this. This is what you need to do. What is that? Also, there's a program that uh, basically makes MMA accessible to people who are, I guess, for lack of a better term, weekend warriors. Got it. It's it's a lot less intimidating than rocking up to like aka or I don't remember what you're in Miami. So maybe you'd run down to ATT and be like, hey, can I can I become an MMA fight? It's not many people have the balls to do that because it's really it's really intimidating. And they don't a lot of those places don't really have intro classes, but this is a 20-week program. That allows you to like learn all of the basic MMA skills that you'd ever need, and then at the end of that 20 weeks, you have the opportunity. You know, they don't make you, but you have the opportunity to have your first amateur fight.
0: I like love that. DC, I'm not gonna fight anybody, but I love, I love the training of it. And you I,
1: might. I'm-, I'm just saying, you might, might, might change your mind. There have been grandparents. There was a grandmother who had her first amateur fight in Montana. DC runs this out of his gym i mean they're all over the nation but dc runs one of these programs nice and he, he like walks his guys to the to the octagon so they get a pretty cool experience that's
0: cool that's really yeah. cool i like that yeah. man i like yeah. that i i had a talk today with uh do you know who paulino hernandez is yeah i had a, I had a hold on one second, let me hit the recording hold on i had a talk with him i've had him as a good buddy and i'm always telling him, like dude i gotta start doing this man i gotta start doing this uh a lot sure. and then uh who else so many good people um my boy for now, who's Pereira's guy, uh-huh. he's a, his strike guy too. So I just love your, your whole world. And, and it's interesting that you mentioned you're curious, right? With your husband, what does your husband do?
1: Uh, my husband owns a company that makes, uh, parts for Ford and Chrysler and Tesla. They have like a pr- proprietary technology and they are, they're able to like lightweight lots of things. So you've seen his stuff on jeep awesome and, yeah. do you
0: find yourself asking him a lot of questions and is he yeah. patient enough to answer it to you or is he like give yeah oh yeah like, hey, oh, me yeah. A break.
1: yeah no no i i, I love because he works from home so the, the oh nice the places i mean his facilities are up in detroit but we live in kansas city so he i get to overhear lots of conference calls and lots of um i i i think i have a pretty good grasp his company has gotten so much bigger um in the last few years that i don't I don't always know who he's talking about when he's saying, yeah, Seth, da, 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 da. So the names, the names are a little lost to me, but um, I love talking to him about stuff. That's probably a, a huge part of our relationship is just sharing each other's worlds. And even though we used to be in this, I met him because I was in the startup world. Right. And I was trying to get him to invest in one of the companies I was working with. He did not. Um, but we met. You know with that in common and and we really enjoyed sharing that together so that's something we still try to do to this day for sure
0: when you i saw you in the ultimate uh in the contender series right yeah which to me that is huge huge huge, huge. the first fighter that i interviewed from that was joe pfeiffer mm-hmm which loved I loved his thing. I'm a yeah. huge fan of that. Your excitement for that show,
1: where does that come from? Oh, listen, To going back to your previous point, you know, when I, <laughs> I am genuinely, I genuinely care about everyone. And I don't know where that comes from, but I really, really care about people. Like, and then take that to another level when it's people who, who love the sport that I love so much. And so when I'm interviewing someone, like I am so genuinely excited for them or I am so genuinely heartbroken for them if they just lost. Like, it's not hard for me to give the impression of caring because it's really it's really there. It's why, you know, it's kind of a running joke that I cry on that show every year because it's it touches me like I Joe's story touched me, and I think part of it is too. Like I do a lot of research on these people before they come on the show. Your notes so- are
0: insane. I I saw. I don't know how they showed your notes, and you see like the thing, and you're like, bub,
1: bub, 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 yeah, like a insane lot. <laughs> a lot
0: stuff, man. Yeah. And it's so good. You're you're just the interviewing and stuff. And every time somebody gets called up, you smile. and You're like, hey, get over here. You're in the UFC. Yeah. That's such a genius show. So I'm a huge Dana White guy. Like I love 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 that dude i text i have since march i'm supposed to go get him on the show where she's he's gonna come on the show i interview lene every month i drive her crazy i'm like Lene, come on let's do this let's do it right <laughs> but i'm a huge fan of him and everything that he does what do you think makes him so special
1: i think there's a lot to be said for not listening to critics. And I think he has a very special gift in that way. My husband has that gift too. Like we, we joke around about it all the time because my son is at an age where, you know, he still cares about what people think. We all do. I, I do too much. It's something I work on all the time.
0: You do? You care what people oh, think?
1: Way too much. Way too much. In what aspect really though?
0: Hard. In what aspect? Like, like, hey, this, this is, this girl's like a bimbo, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: hate that. It's, I, I, I've worked on that a lot. Um, I'm pretty good at, shutting it out in terms of like just not reading it like i just won't go to twitter but if i do read it i'm not good at not letting it Uh, oh let it affect
0: you yeah yeah yeah. i get that i get that i have a thing where i think everybody likes me (laughs) right like i do like when i hear somebody i'm like what that person does i like me it's crazy you know but i'm also uh i'm used i'm i'm used to it you know And, and and it is interesting How have you coped with that? That's a good thing. How have you coped with that with that thing? What do you tell yourself?
1: Um, I tell myself that the people that matter are the only thing that matter, and if you don't have my phone number, then I don't know you, and then it doesn't matter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Does that work or no? All the time. Yeah, I mean, for the most part,
1: I have to be I have to be diligent about it. Um, But it's it's interesting how the human brain works because you know if if I do start reading through comments and there's 50 great ones. I mean, really great ones, like heartfelt. It's annoying to me that like the 50 great ones will be outweighed by two not good ones, you know? And that's just, that's ridiculous. That's how it is. You know,
0: I I do the reverse. Like when I see negative stuff about me, like on on YouTube or something, I'll see it. I look, I'm like, oh, that's awesome, man. They see it this way. And I never, and then I always say, thank you for the comment, my man. And I leave it alone, whatever they say, you know? But I don't it, ever
1: engage with people. I, I, I do.
0: I do again. because of, I love the algorithm. It just pumps me up yeah. to the top. So I, I'm all in it. Now I don't go, I'm not gonna talk to crazy people, but I love it. You know, because I just love people. In all aspects, I love people. And it's good you said that, dude. Australia for you was amazing. You really showed, I think you're the next Joe Rogan. Oh, I, I really do, and I've 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 been able to predict so many winners that i saw it and go oh she has it he has it he has it that kid has it that's all i do like insane winners and nobody thought they were obviously use a little cheating because you've already you're there right australia to you yeah after it now if we look back what did you learn about yourself and then what do you wish you would have done more of
1: oh gosh I think luckily I knew this before I did it. Uh, there's a, um, there's a movie called soul by Pixar. You, heard, you know, I'm-
0: Of course I saw a movie. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's a great movie. And I saw that a few years ago and it really, like I remember watching it with my son and he was probably only like six at the time and he was crying and I was crying and it's so um, it's God, it's such an important lesson. And the lesson that I took from it was that the, journey, the relationships, the, um, the hard times, the, the doubt, the digging in the, all that stuff, that is what gives you that feeling of fulfillment, not actually achieving the thing. And probably it was important for me because what happens is those moments come and it's like, this is awesome. And then, you know, what you do, you wake up the next day and you get on a plane, and you go home, you know, it's not like, you can't live on that high for longer. At least I can't live on that high for longer than a few hours to be honest with you. So it's so important to recognize that like I I love I love what I do because it fulfills me in other ways and that moment was not meant to be like some it wasn't going to fill some hole inside of me. Even though it was really cool and I'm really proud of myself for achieving that because it was damn near impossible to do that. It's not what's going to make me... It's not going to bring me joy for the rest of my life. You know, the relationships I've I've built will do that. In terms of something I could do more of, I think, I mean, there's some really this would be in the weed stuff but like there's some there's certain technical things i need to get a little bit bigger, better at because i don't do them that often in smaller shows so just like the ending of a fight putting a cap on it but that's kind of a that's like said, that, that's, a, that's a, very, a good that's thing, inside yeah. baseball
0: <laughs> no but that's i i like that because that that's a good thing you know it's like hey okay cl- like that happens to us all the time like how do i close out a video like hey subscribe mm-hmm. or come back for more whatever That is really, that's a really good thing to know, right?
1: Yeah, there's an art to it. And on the Contender Series, because I typically get up and I go do the interview, I'm not there for that part of the conversation. And it's an important part of really putting a stamp on a fight is to basically you bring it all home and you have to be able to deliver succinctly and loudly and excitedly why what you just witnessed is so freaking cool you know so dc is amazing at that joe is amazing at that so that's one thing i have to get better at cuz just cuz i don't have very many reps doing it
0: laura what's your favorite type of music
1: oh that's a good question i was actually a music major so i mean no it when i say i love all types of music i can get down to some classical i can i love rap i love rock i just went to the guns and roses concert god bless axel rose's voice it's gone Oh um, no. So, um I honestly it for me it's like songs, not so much genres. I get really excited about certain
0: talk to me. Songs. What song are you excited about?
1: Oh man.
0: Give me one song. If you had a oh, walkout song, not, not a walkout song, because that might make it a little crazy, but what song pumps you up? Talk to me.
1: What song pumps me up? And by who? Good question. I don't even know how to answer that. You know what the sad thing is? I have not listened to music in a long time. Like, like for just for the joy of listening to music. You know what I mean? Like in junior high, I was constantly, you know, listening to the radio. That's how old I am. Listening to the radio or popping in a CD or a cassette tape. Um, but I'm so busy these days that it's been a while since I've listened to some music. It all depends on the mood. All right. It's all right so hold on one second. Hold on. Me. I mean,
0: I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna help you out. One song, one music person.
1: Uh, I can't see this is I can't answer that because it it all depends on what mood I'm in and what mood I'm trying to create
0: what mood are you in right now if we were to put a mood to this
1: I mean I'm just I'm happy I'm happy
0: what's a happy song what's Jack Johnson Johnson. you know I've been to a Jack Johnson concert believe it or not at the Hollywood Bowl right front row and that dude crushed it what's your favorite Jack Johnson song
1: oh better together I guess
0: Better together, (laughs) that is awesome. Last question, but it's going to take, it might take a little time. All right. You could ask me any question. I always told my guests at the end to ask me any question you want Mm -hmm. that I could help you with. Talk to me. What question you have for me?
1: Well, first of all, I love that you're drinking this
0: <laughs> dude. I'm, I'm crushing <laughs> Marshall, here, Pu- uh, sparkling water. That's the one I'm into.
1: I'm a, I'm just, I'm a lemon cello girl, but, um, how do you, I guess, how, how do you, how have you defined success in your life? What does success look like to you?
0: Okay. I love that question. So I'm the biggest failure in the history of Miami baseball, right? But you mentioned a lot of stuff you. I got married at 37 years old to the love of my life. After being after knowing her in high school, I saw her one time. It is the hottest girl I've ever seen in the world. Mm -hmm. I didn't speak to her because I had nothing going on my dad. I didn't have any cool clothes. I didn't have a car. I'm six foot two. I I had a look, but there was nothing. I had nothing to offer anybody of that caliber, right? But I was so lucky to leave to Los Angeles. Baseball abused me my whole life through my dad. But ironically, you talked about something that's very important that you said what your past prepared you for today. And I believe in no coincidences. And I lived in a car for six months. I didn't know a single person. I slept in the Hollywood Hills in a Toyota Corolla. There was no smartphone. There was no Internet. Nothing for me to really get a right mindset. Mm-hmm. But I learned how to quiet my mind and focus on what I can control. And a professor there kind of rescued me in a sense because I went to his class and he was wearing, he, when Helen Hunt won her Academy Award for as good as it gets, she thanked him. He's the best improvisational teacher probably of all time. He created something called the Groundlings in Los Angeles. Yeah, well Faro, Lisa like insane. The guy's a master. Guy named Gary Austin, There's just plaques out there. When Helen Hunt won won his her Academy Award for as good as it gets, she thanked him. He came and the first class we were in, he's wearing a retro Houston Astros baseball jacket. I go, I got this guy. He does a baseball analogy. We click. He literally mentors me. He didn't know I was going to do speak in front of people. He didn't know I was going to become a a guy that just talks and talks and, and stage present. And he taught me all these things for free because I don't have any money. So I would like drive them around, cut the grass, uh, mm-hmm. help them out. Right. And then I moved to Las Vegas and I started off as a club promoter and I worked my way to vice president of customer development uh, for a company called SBE. Our, our nightclub was Hyde in the Bellagio and Laura, I got a PhD in how to deal with people. So I'm mm-hmm. like, Bob, when it comes to that, I'm very proud of that success to me looks like this. I win every single day because I got the best woman. I could ever get right for a guy like me—that's everything. But I can't control her because she could mm-hmm. wake up one day and say, "Look, I'm tired of this positivity. This guy sucks." Right? Mm-hmm. But I am so happy because I've done what you've done already, which is you took the chance. You could have given up when they threw you in the back there, and you're like, "I want to move here," and they kept challenging you. Yeah. So you're a winner. So that to me is success. You've already won. Now, the key is that I'm noticing now with a lot of people, like an example, I wish that Tom Brady and Giselle would have figured it out. Not that they stayed together, but that that separation, at least what came across publicly, that mm-hmm. that would have been done better. Yeah. Not, hey, you go to Miami and I'm here and I'm there and we're fighting, blah, blah, blah. I wish that could have, that to me is success. And the hardest thing with success is like something that you said, which is super interesting. So i I speak to a lot of teams and I tell a bunch of college kids that just won the national title. I go, winning the national title at the age of 21 is the highlight of your life. You're going to be a loser.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So your success can't be measured on if you get the next big fight. Because you can't control that, man. Yeah. I wish you could. I wish it could be. Hey, we got a new thing now. John, DC, Joe, and Laura. Here we go. Now <laughs> we got four people but you can't control that. The only thing you can control, which everything that we've had this whole conversation on, you've shown tremendous uh, discipline towards is your effort and attitude. Mm -hmm. To me, success is described and why I have so so much empathy for myself. And what I do is effort and attitude. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I I completely agree with you. I mean, there are so many people who are technically you know better at at what I do but I think the x factors of some of the things I've done have been really important too is just being I mean being kind to everybody I I have a list in my phone of like people because my name obviously gets put out there a lot and my face is put out there a lot so everybody knows my name at the UFC or wherever but I don't, you know, the camera guy doesn't wear a name tag. So every time I learn someone's name, I put it in my phone with like a description of that person and what they do. Because to me, it's important that like people know that I care that they care. Like you did a great job with that camera work. And that helps me. Oh, that's huge. What I do. You that's know? the
0: secret. That's the yeah. secret right there. If you could do that forever. Oh, my God. And with names. So yeah, I, I worked at a when I was in Beverly Hills. I did little kids birthday parties, Laura. And we're talking about like three, four, five, six, seven, eight-year-olds. And I'm showing up there. I was kind of like, I bring a, a, a bag full of toys. We play Dr. Dodgeball, this. These rich people would hire. They'd have the reptile guy. They'd have the balloon guy and me, the sports guy. And I'm playing with like 30 kids I just met. And mm. you can't go, hey, kid, over here, hey, you. Yeah. So I, had to, I learned how to name, learn names. Like in five minutes, I could learn 20 group of kids' names very yeah. quick, right? What you said there, see, all these patterns is what I try to tell people. Of why people who are winning like you are winning. That's success. What you just said there is success. Hmm. That's it. Now, yeah. what's your son's name? Burke. The, B-U-R-K-E. More, yeah. the more you put that in Burke, I promise you, the oh, yeah. more of a winner he's gonna be. The more you grab that dude, and if he's walking with you into a store and he has beats on, you take on, mm-hmm. say, buddy, no, no, keep that a- at home, but I want you to see me. And with your husband, how I interact with people, I want to—I yeah. want you to see this, right? We're gonna to go to Grandpa's today, and we're gonna to talk to him about this. The and he's what eight?
1: Yeah, nine, nine, nine. Yeah.
0: The yeah. more you put this around a nine-year-old, nobody's doing that. Oh, I if know. If you do that, it's huge.
1: Yeah.
0: Laura, I, I cannot really thank agree. you enough for not only giving me your time, but being yourself, man. I, I I hope Godspeed and your continued success. I know it's going to be huge. Thank I know you. I'm going to probably see you in a couple of uh, future matches and stuff. I'm going to come say what's up to you. All but right. I'm so thankful.
1: Thank you for having me on. And I appreciate you seeing all those things in me. That means a lot. It's, it's, I know I try not to do it, anything I do for recognition, but it's always, it does warm my heart when people see, especially the stuff about like that I care about people because that, that's that's the real me and that's the stuff that really matters to me. So thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands,